is up, boys and girls? It's your boy, Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer from the K-Fabe Comparisons Podcast, a.k.a. Daniel Daybreak in the Kings of the Ring universe, and you are listening to wrestling's first audio drama, Kings of the Ring. You are listening to the Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. My name is Steve Tatai, the writer-director of the ultimate pro wrestling saga, Kings of the Ring. Now that we're over 50 episodes deep, I have no problem in describing this show as the true wrestling version of Game of Thrones. Uh, This show is built on long-term storytelling, with seeds strewn about everywhere, uh, paying off at different points. Uh, Storylines evolving and intersecting. I I boasted of this back in Season 1, and I think I pulled this off. And yes, I'm bragging, but I stand by it. Now, the season six premiere hit us with some major bombshells, and Gloria Kane, not a victim of a Charlie Gotch rape after all, and they actually had a years-long affair, which produced Julian Kane as the secret child, whom Jonathan Kane raised as his own, and no one knew about it except he and Gloria. And we're not done. Buckle up, people. Episode 52 is here. We got the fallout from Donnie Gold, Willie Dean, and Kenny West's attack on Jesse James, uh, more Vance Armstrong, another angle on WVBS, the next step in Daniel Hawkins' legal battle with the Alliance, Miss Kitty and Barry Lovelace, Thor trying to sell Super Team USA, Chris Stanley producing, and of course, the funeral of Charlie Gotch, which will take the entire second half of today's episode. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated TV-14 for profanity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. Okay, fans, uh, welcome back to WWA All-Star Wrestling. Now, before the break, we all saw the despicable, heinous act perpetrated by the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, Diamond Donnie Gold, and the new world tag team champions, Pretty Boy Willie Dean and the best Kenny West, who did indeed broke the outlaw Jesse James ankle. And now, as much as it pains me, I'm going to bring them out. All three men come out wearing suits and sunglasses, Willie and Kenny with their hair slicked back, all holding championship belts. Donnie's is new. It's a large gold plate speckled with precious stones. <laughs> oh yeah. Feast your eyes, boys and girls. Daniel Hawkins went all out and searched the world for the finest jewelers, the finest goldsmiths, and planet Earth to construct and forge the greatest championship belt ever created for the greatest wrestler ever created. Behold, the new belt to represent the Major League of Professional Wrestling, the World Wrestling Alliance, headed by Hawkins Promotions, in the face of the sport, Diamond Donnie Gold. <laughs> oh yeah. The man who was all class, all style, and pure excellence from head to toe is headlining the WWE baby. From Miami to Atlanta, from Charlotte to St. Louis, Diamond Donnie Gold is it. And he no longer stands alone. It was a matter of time, Jay Delvo, before the golden boy and the pretty boy stood side by side in the ring, brother. My oldest and dearest friend in the professional wrestling business pulls me aside and says, Brother, 
I'm already sick and tired of the outlaw, Jesse James. I need your help to really put him out of commission. So I grabbed my boy, the best Kenny West, and I said, you can count on us, Diamond Donnie. But first, we need to take care of business and these rock and rollers and get those belts on the best team in the land. That's us. There ain't a better sound than 10,000 teeny boppers crying their eyes out in the jam-packed Richmond Coliseum after we smashed the riders Bobby Lee and Davey Boy and snuffed out their world championship dreams before they ever got started. Check it out, dweebs, because this right here is pure excellence. Diamond Donnie Gold, Pretty Boy Willie Dean, and the best, Kenny West. That's right, Kenny. Because the three of us is a natural combination. We're at the penthouse suite of the Marriott, draped in diamonds, money, and women, and we looked at each other, and it just clicked like chocolate and peanut butter. Let's make it official, boys, and make our trio a legitimate and official force in professional wrestling. A club that represents pure excellence only for the elite. A club that represents the finer things in life. Long limousines, head to toe diamonds and riches, and above all else, the best that professional wrestling has to offer. We are now and forever the Diamond Club. Oh, yeah. Kings of the Ring, episode 52 The Funeral. Julian Kane sits in his home office, slumped in his desk in deep thought, staring at a photograph of the old heads of the World Wrestling Alliance. George Gilmore, Nigel Davies, Burt Ironside, Raylan Crenshaw, Maggie Hawkins, and in the center, the two men most on his mind, Jonathan Kane and Charlie Gotch. Staring at Jonathan Kane, the man who raised him, and the other man, his arch enemy for most of his life, and the man he just found out was his actual father all along, Charlie Gotch. His thoughts are only known to Julian himself. <sighs> yes. There you are. You disappeared for days. What you do? Anyway, what you want to do in Barmania? We only have thousands of tickets sold and we only months away. What did Nigel say? Don't we have local advertising? Uh, Nigel don't like talk much these days. Uh, he's still upset about a Charlie. Hmm. But we need main event, Julian. We can't sell show without a main event. Our next MTV special's coming up. Uh, I'll have it set up by then, and we'll shoot an angle on MTV. So you want uh, Thor versus Armstrong? Uh, we do Russian turncoat. Uh, if we debut Vance on TV soon, he can either come out as Russian or he be a young American and follow around Thor, uh, then he turn on him. Or we hype up debut on MTV as a, a Russian super soldier straight from Kremlin. Or maybe we advertise challenge from Soviet Union that Empire and Thor will, will answer on MTV. Or Thor will turn on America on MTV uh, and Vance say. Yeah. Uh, so which, uh, what you do? I don't know. Uh, I have other things in my mind. Clock is ticking. Empire Mania December. Forget all that. There's something I need to do first. Okay, what's more important? Get us a plane. I want you, Henderson, and Nigel. I don't care if he's pouting, he needs to be on the plane. Also, I want you to 
grab Kong and Vance Armstrong. Where do we go? We're going to Charlie Gotcha's funeral. What? Bobby Lee River speeds through Atlanta streets and squeals out into the WVBS Studios parking lot. There are no fans lingering outside, which means the show already started. He pulls right up to the back, where he sees the booker, Jesse James, leaned against the wall smoking a cigarette looking at a clipboard, or sitting in a stack of crates. Bobby grabs his Halliburton suitcase of gear and, and jumps out. Yo, late. Oh, come on, Jesse. I ain't that late. I expect the boys to all show up on time. You know, with that kind of car, you shouldn't be late for nothing. Ain't she a beaut? Porsche 911, cherry red, Ram of 53 grand, and worth every penny. Don't be late next time, Bobby Lee. Hey, uh, I meant to ask you anyway, Jesse. Uh, I heard we're gonna start splitting up the crew, running two shows a night. Yep. What do you think of letting me and David Ball headline the second show? The tag team is the main event. Come on, Jesse. You heard those reactions we get from the people? We're getting louder pops than the Angel Boys. Nah, nah. There's a difference between being over and being a draw. And junior heavyweights don't sell tickets. Sorry, kid. Bo Riggs is working Vladimir Rykov for the second show. Why? Those guys are rookies, and they're the shits. Well, they ain't rookies anymore. And they're proper heavyweights that the people see as top guys. We're going to set something up for them today. Oh, Jesse, give us a shot. You work underneath me and Donnie in the semi. It's a good exposure working before those seven to 10,000 size crowds. Bobby shakes his head. I'm doing you a favor, not exposing you working in front of 2,000 girls and nobody else. Man, what a chip. On the Ironside Ranch, Chris Stanley stands with a notebook beside Randy Pops Barzalier holding a TV camera facing all South commentator Donald Frisco and Gabriel Angel. Off to the side is Bert Ironside and Michael Angel. Now why aren't we doing this at the Sportatorium? Well, to be different. Uh, it also shows Gabe at home on the ranch. Uh, the people like seeing that. Uh, reminds them he's a local boy. And the ranch looks incredible. Part of being local is being humble as far as showing off my riches. Now I made money from all south, of course. But old money paid for most of this. I don't want to be showing it all off. Okay, Pops, uh, let's do it from this angle then. Just a regular forest and the pond behind you. You ready, Gabe? Yeah, I reckon so. And don't forget to push the kidnapping. Do I have to? Well, that is the main angle here. I mean, cat's out of the bag, so we should just go with it, right? Gabriel gives Chris a dirty look. Thanks, cousin. Okay, let's do a take. And action. Gabriel looks into the camera, and his face turns serious. Now this weekend, I have a very important match with Denny Wayne. Now them Southern Rebels been a thorn in the side of my family for years. I reckon the best way to take out an army to take out the head off the snake. And that means you, Denny Wayne. Because you're getting revenge, aren't you, Gabe? Yes, I will get my revenge. For the heinous crime of kidnapping you and planting drugs on you and getting you arrested, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, now, I don't care if it's this Friday in Tulsa, Saturday in Oklahoma City, or Little Rock, Gabriel Angel is gonna move one step closer to taking these Southern Rebels out for good. And oh yeah, I may have a little surprise for you, Danny. Michael steps into camera view. That's right. I'm back, and I'm back for one reason. Danny, Cooter, Dickie Wayne, when you three drugged my brother and kidnapped him, you took a piece of my heart. And the Angel Boys ain't gonna let that slide. I will be there by my brother's side from now on to protect his back. 
You heard it here first, fans. Michael Angel's back, and he'll be there every night beside Gabriel Angel, keeping an eye on the Southern Rebels. And cut. Oh, you're going all the way with this, ain't you, Michael? Well, someone's got to. Kill the angle right there. Chris, let's run it again. No, I'm done for the day. I don't like selling that bullshit to the people. They're already turning on all south. I don't want them to turn on me, too. Gabriel pulls out a pack of cigarettes. Get your butt back here, boy. It's enough, Uncle. It'll work just fine. I mean, Michael was great. Yeah, he was. Bert smiles as Michael beams with pride. Gabriel shakes his head as he lights up a smoke. Sweaty Luke St. George waits in the hallway as Vance Armstrong makes his way back from the arena floor. Hey, thank you, brother Vance, for the match. Uh, but what happened? Uh, I looked for you after monkey flip and, and you still in the corner. Sorry, brother. I think I got lost out there. It okay. Uh, it happens. Uh, even to the old guys. He winks and Vance smiles as he walks away to the showers. Louis the Greek with Les Henderson walks over and pats Vance on his massively muscled back. Hey, kid. You look like million bucks. And you backflip look like Olympic. <laughs> now go eat shower. Vance smiles and walks to the locker room as Hendo leans in. Louis, that match was a shits. Why'd you tell him that? It one match, he green. Nobody beat Donny Gold overnight. He's so much a potential. I don't want to kill his confidence. And the way Luke St. Pierre was selling, don't have. Stupid Canuck. Prince Abdullah Akbar, Bo Riggs, Dimitri Rykoff, and Vladimir Rykoff huddle up in the WVBS studio's green room. Abdullah looks at Bo and Dimitri. Okay, little change. Uh, we go over angle again. Riggs, you cut promo with a new U.S. title. Then us three walk out. And then... Vladimir interrupts. Hang on, oh, why isn't Jesse going over this with us? He asked me to take this since he's working out uh, a big promo. He said most important promo of his life, so he want to do it right. <laughs> Figures. Probably booking himself in the main event again. Dmitri Rykoff turns to Vladimir. What's your problem? You saw the angle they did in Richmond. Him and Donnie's the hottest match in the business. That's what I'm talking about. Maneuvering me out of the title picture. I should be working Donnie. Me and him sold out the Omni. Donnie's the biggest heel in the business. Only way you wrestle Donnie is to turn babyface. There's no such thing as a Russian babyface. Well, I don't care. Hey! <laughs> Jesse make me I going to run the B-Show tour. We doing this angle, so you and Bo are the main event. Yeah, right. Get tired of this. Ah, shut up. We come out, I challenge you, Riggs. Uh, you not good enough to beat Russian. Uh, you two go into ring, a quick match. Bo, Dimitri. You hit belly to belly, suplex. We jump in. Bo Riggs turns to Vladimir. And Nate, uh, after I get up, hit me with your clothesline, then wrap the chain around my neck, and then throw me over the top rope. Uh, how much is this gonna hurt, Abby? Nate, uh, it hurt for five seconds. Uh, and then all baby friends from the locker room come out, and then we powder out. Uh, hold yourself up with your hands on chain, uh, but if you can do it, no hand, uh, get more heat, sell more tickets. All right, got it. I gotta do something. Nate, you got chain. all that? What? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo comes in clutching his ribs, completely fucked up. Jesus Christ, Nate! What the hell? What you do? What you do, Vladimir? You finish his clothesline. What was that? 
Dimitri points at his partner. He fucking tackled him like a damn spear. He broke his fucking ribs, man. Hey, Bo, I'm sorry, brother. I, I don't need you. Get your head in this. You just fucked your own main event spot. Daniel Hawkins sits in the old wood-lined office of Thomas Billington, head of the longtime law firm for the Hawkins family, looking over the latest document to come from the other World Wrestling Alliance board members. Cease and desist? Those assholes. Do I have to honor this? Uh, yes and no. Maybe, but why bother? Oh, right. This is all the work of my old friend George Gilmore. Old Georgie Porgy. Georgie Porgy putting in pie. I ran circles around that old so-and-so back in law school. Now that he's in it, I don't want to make anything easy for him. Yeah, screw him. If you ignore it, it will eventually go to court and arbitration because of the voting tie. Nothing changes unless Donny Gold steps in. What is uh, his status? Not worried at all. Especially getting that new belt. He fucking loves it. He probably masturbated on it. I know I did. Oh dear. Positive vote for your wishes, Daniel. Keeps you empowered to make any changes you desire. So remain in Mr. Gold's good graces. So the WWA logo? Don't change a thing for old Georgie Porgy. Hollywood, California, Daniel Daybreak and Thor Hansen meet with a group of producers from Paramount in Spago, where all the deals get made. That's what this show is about. A more colorful and patriotic attire. And best of all, Everett Weck is the guy everybody knows as Rambo's trusted partner of the world championship wrestler, Thor Hansen. On cue, Thor stands up and tears his shirt off in the middle of the restaurant like the Hulk. Ew! Oh, yeah. Listen, babe, uh, we love Thor. Uh, we love the whole thing he's got going on here. Uh, his whole romance novel cover image. Uh, the kids love him like a superhero. Guys think he's cool because he can shoot a machine gun with one hand. Uh, we get all that. But the rest of the super team, uh, I don't know. It might be a little too much. Yeah, that's it. Too much testosterone. It's like a testosterone overload. Yes, too much testosterone. Uh, and viewers might just spontaneously grow beards or something. And, uh, and frankly, we don't need liability. Huh? Talk away, talk some numbers? Uh, let me run it up on accounting and get back to you. The Paramount execs get up and shake Daniel and Thor's hands. Well, I didn't give out it. Thanks, Daybreak. Uh, don't call us, we'll call you. And you, Thor, I, I loved you in that thing you did. Go get him, Tiger. Why don't you tell him we can drop the other guys? Oh, hey, it doesn't matter. Beautiful Barry Lovelace and the lovely Miss Kitty make their way back from the WVBS studio floor for his match, and Barry feels great. I don't know, Kitty, but the heat's different this time. I mean, they always booed us, but, but now that I'm a former world champion... It's like there's there's respect now from the fans. Honey, the booze ain't the same, right? And I noticed the boys respect me more now, too. Um, yeah, of course I noticed it, honey. You are a former world champion of the World Wrestling Alliance. And nobody can take that away from you, ever. Thank you, Kitty. I love you. I love you, too. Hey, doll. 
What do you say we skip drinking with the boys and eat Bojangles back in the motel tonight? You read my mind, Barry. I could eat a horse. Okay, just take it easy, kitty. Maybe switch to Diet Cola. You start to put on weight. Hey! Jesse James walks in the room in deep thought. Howdy, Jesse. Uh, oh, looks like he's concentrating on our leave. Our hearts broke on that night in Richmond when Donnie Gold's group called the Diamond Club broke the ankle of the outlaw Jesse James. That's who I would like to bring out right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesse James. Jesse James limps out slowly on crutches, taking his time before speaking. First of all, I'd like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to the outlaw Jesse James. After what Diamond Donnie, pretty boy Willie Dean, and the best Kenny West did to me. They tried to put hard times on me and my family, Delville. I got to wear this boot now to hold the bones in place while it heals. But I gotta tell you, walking around on these crutches, this ain't hard times. Hard times when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them, Go home. Hard times when a man has worked at a job for 30 years. 30 years. And they give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, Hey, computer took your place, daddy. Now that's hard times. Hard times is when your friends and family look at you like you a murderer. Hard times is when you're such a nutcase and when you miss out on a, a movie part in Hollywood, you think the answer is ending your life at the end of a rope. But the outlaw Jesse James will never play the violin for himself. The outlaw Jesse James will pick his fat up and get back on that horse and fight and fight and fight. See, the outlaw knows what real hard times are. And he's about to bring him to you, Diamond Club, because you will find me. And I got enough kicking in me to send all three of you thugs to the hospital. Diamond Club, this is far from over. Kings of the Ring will be back after these messages. They're calling it the best cop film since Eddie Murphy went to Beverly Hills. Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal are a dynamite screen team the best buddy movie in years. Bingo, a rat-tat-tat comedy. Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal in one of the hottest comedies of 1986, Running Scared, rated R. Now playing at a theater near you, check... Today, this radio can play 31 hours longer than a year ago. That's because it's powered by the supercharged Energizer. 31 more hours of music. Today, no battery in the world outlasts the supercharged Energizer. We know we turn to Kings of the Ring. As large of a figure as Charlie Gotch was in the pro wrestling industry, today's funeral at St. James Episcopal Church in downtown Milwaukee is a far cry from Jonathan Cain's. It saw virtually every important wrestling figure from the past and present all under one roof. During the public viewing in the church, less than 100 wrestling fans passed through to pay their respects to Charlie Gotch. And the reception hall is mostly family and local business owners and city and county officials, along with many empty seats and tables. Beside Charlie's casket, 
are flowers from a former mayor of Milwaukee, Jesse James, Mikasa, and some other retired wrestlers who just didn't make the trip. Inside the hall features many who work or worked AMW, including the Tomahawk Indians, the Wrecking Crew, Brad Milkins, Bull Von Heimer, Mr. Shimasaki, and of course, Dan Sanders, Corporal Punishment, and the Apocalypse. Crusher Krawcheck showed up, accompanied by his new group of young trainees, and George Gilmore, all representing the defunct St. Louis Heartland contingent. The only person from SCW here is Diamond Diny Gold. Noticeably absent is Alliance board member Daniel Hawkins, who's been at odds with Charlie most of the past year. The Rykoffs and Bo Riggs, who remember well how Charlie blew them off for years despite their wrestling dreams, and Prince Abdullah Akbar, who once worshipped his trainer Charlie Gotch, until he refused to bring Abby's family over from war-torn Iran, when Abdullah ultimately refused to break Thor Hansen's leg on the birthday of the EWF. And the only ones from All South and Wild Wild Wrestling to come were Burt Ironside, Raylan Crenshaw, Johnny Johnston IV, Grody Maxwell, and luscious Ronnie Miller. Others to show up were Deshaun Brown, who seemingly just came to get booked by Nellie Burt or Crenshaw. And the lone representative from the Empire Wrestling Federation came in the form of Thor Hansen. All before another burn Charlie Bridge showed up anyway to deliver the eulogy. Hollywood Buddy Melrose, looking more dignified and stately than ever before in his suit and perfectly quaffed hair. No, Charlie and I were attached to the hip for almost two decades. At first, we were in ring rivals, putting on some of the biggest matches in AMW history. Later on, it was me helping him run AMW as he retired and focused on promotion. Then later on, it was my turn to retire and, well, my biggest regret in life is my final conversation with Charlie Gotch. It was not one of affection. It was not one of planning an upcoming show or booking a finish to a match. It wasn't placing bets on the upcoming Packers-Vikings game or one of remembering the good times or spinning a yarn about the good old days. So my final words for you all is to remember we don't know when the big man upstairs is going to call our number. If you have axe to grind, you can find forgiveness in your heart. Pick up that phone or stop by that house. Charlie, my oldest and dearest friend, how I miss you. As the room looks down in sorrow, weighing his words, Thor Hansen can't take it anymore and bursts out in tears. As everyone in the wrestling business at this point all know about the day Thor no-showed Charlie to start 1984 to join Julian Kane's EWF and make history. Thor, brother, how you doing? The WWA World Heavyweight Champion Diamond Donnie Gold, with drink in hand, pats the EWF World Heavyweight Champion Thor Hansen on the back, who's sitting on the far end of the bar trying to blend in with the wallpaper. Donnie! Donnie offers Thor a warm handshake. Thanks for coming over, brother. Uh, I haven't seen you since you bailed on Julian at Empire Mania 1. Boy, was he pissed off. <laughs> Best move I made, brother. He was making money, but uh, I just couldn't anymore. No, I, I know, Donnie. What are you doing over here all alone? You're the biggest star in wrestling. Uh, you know that expression about who you step on on the way up? I'm not sure I'd be welcomed. I just wanted to pay my respects to Gotch. Bullshit, you come with me. You're at the power table with us. The real power table. Donnie grabs Thor by the arm and leads them through the room. 
Thor looks up and sees the table where Dan Sanders and Buddy Melrose are already chatting. Oh no, after what I did to those guys, they're gonna wanna kill me. What'd you do to Buddy? I thought you two were really- uh, Nothing, nothing, uh, I just met Sanders. Dan Sanders is chatting away with Hollywood Buddy Melrose. Tell you, buddy, I think AMW's future looks really bright when I see some of the guys we got right now, like, like the Apocalypse. I seen them. Impressive bodies. I don't necessarily get them, but they're over with the crowd. Do you know Corporal Punishment? I do. Such a consummate babyface. He's exactly what I always try to be. Took me years. He came out of the gate like, bam, just like that. And he's an AMW regular now? Yep. What about you? After hearing your whole deal with Julian, how you feeling? You're going to retire or something? Maybe. uh, We'll see. Then save me a rocking chair next to yours. (laughs) Really? Are you the top guy now? Listen, I can't keep doing this, buddy. I'm too old. I know exactly what you mean. And I think I'm going to talk to Nelly about passing the torch to Thor Hansen. Dan and Buddy look up as Thor and Donnie Gold arrive and sit down beside them. I was just telling Buddy about corporal punishment really building some steam in AMW might be championship material. Thor remembers all of his backstage battles with corporal punishment, fending him away from his spot. Uh, might not want to get too close to that one. Julian had to drop him because of drug problems. Wow, I wouldn't have thought that. Thanks, Thor. Crusher Krochik joins them at the table with a large king can of Budweiser. How you doing, Crusher? Thor. Dan Sanders leans into Thor. I want you to know, I don't have any heat with you. I didn't like how Julian just pushed me off a cliff to give you my spot after I'd been so freaking loyal to his father for so long. But in hindsight, it was the best thing for the business. And I couldn't be more impressed with the wrestler that you have become. Really? No bullshit? No bullshit. Thor shakes his hand vigorously. I I can't tell you how much that means to me, Dan. You know, with Julian, it's like, you're gonna do this, you gotta say that. You don't know what's going on sometimes until after it happens. I always liked and admired you, Dan. I didn't like how it went down with him firing you. Actually, he didn't fire me right away. He told me, I'd have to turn your heel. What? What are you doing, you big insane. What an asshole. Yeah, looking back, he was bluffing. Yeah, he was bluffing. He knew I'd walk before turning on the fans. But, I'll tell you guys, I wonder if I should have done it, huh? Me and this guy... He puts his hand on Thor's shoulder. We could have made a whole lot of money. Thor's eyes water again, and his bottom lip quivers. Jeez, Thor, what's with you? You're more emotional than a woman. I'm sorry, man. It's like, you know, tied the Empire bubble for the first time. I mean, you guys all know Julian Kane. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like so much pressure working for him, and being his main guy is a hundred times worse. I mean, I find myself doing it and thinking things I normally wouldn't. Like, it's against my nature, but I just do it anyway. I'm so sorry, Thor. Hopefully you haven't done anything too bad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Willie. Donnie yells at Willie Williams from the Pro Wrestling Digest. Get your butt over here and take a picture. Look at this. The two world champs and the three greatest wrestlers of all time. Too bad you don't have a belts. You didn't bring yours, did you, brother? Nah. You should see the new one Hawkins bought me. Cost 50 grand. It's got, like, diamonds and rubies in it. Wow. Solid gold. It's fucking beautiful. Willie Williams leans in and with a loud flash takes a picture of the five living legends at the table. Ah, fun's over, boys. Look who it is. Here comes the old power table. 
What's left of it, anyway? Bert Ironside, George Gilmore, and Raylan Crenshaw approach. Thor gets nervous again. Oh, shit, Donnie. I'm the face of the company that's put these guys out of business. Donnie. Buddy. Crusher. Dan. Thor. Gentlemen, uh, good to see you all. I just wish it could be under more fortunate circumstances. Crusher won't even look Gilmore in the eye anymore, as it seems like yesterday he refused to help them keep St. Louis. Yes, to Charlie Gatch. <laughs> yeah. And he drinks one of his shots. Come on, boys. I got a whole bottle here. Grab a shot glass. Actually, Tony, we had a little business to discuss with you. Alliance business? He'll look at Thor. Oh, uh... Come on, Thor. Let's go to the bar and get another beer. Thor and Dan get up. Um, you know what? Uh, let me meet you there, brother. Uh, I actually want to talk to someone for a minute. I need to take a dump. Means your machine is full from you, Gilmore. A lot of sad ladies who can't leave love messages for the golden boy. I apologize, Danny, but the situation is dire. Julian Kane tried to destroy the World Wrestling Alliance and failed. But what Daniel Hawkins is doing is far worse. Donnie continues to down shot after shot. He's trying to take it over and pervert it into his own image and make it his and only his. As long as I'm getting booked every night, selling out arenas, and getting my 15% cut as champion, and my guarantee, I don't care who's running the lights. Well, it ain't gonna be in the lines for too long. Your boss is trying to split us up. How can we compete? With Julian Kane as separate territories. We need to band together, work together. Crap. Isn't that what the Super Bowl of wrestling was? Banding together to fight Julian? I mean, I wasn't there. You guys didn't do jack shit together after that, other than band together to take out Hawkins. Done. You trust me, right? Of course. And you know I always treated you fairly and got you booked with the biggest payoffs, right? I don't know if you should see some of the chicks that we get lately. The point is, Tony, I was loyal to you for a long time, and I'm cashing in that loyalty right now. As champion, you hold the tie-breaking vote, and we need it. The World Wrestling Alliance has been an institution, the backbone of professional wrestling for almost 40 years. Charlie Gotch, our co-founder, died in defense of and the belief of the Alliance and all it stood for. Don't you think you owe him on the day he is laid to rest to vote in favor of the Alliance and stop Daniel Hawkins from co-opting the Alliance name? Well, you get some cojones, Gilmore. I'll give you that. Now I came here today to salute my trainer, my mentor, and my pal, Charlie Gotch. Not to make any deals. Come on, Gold. Just make the vote. Then you can work shows for all of us make more money than you ever did. Plus, you save the alliance. Now you know that being world champion of one southeast region of America, that ain't the same thing as Thor being champ of traveling the whole country. With the alliance, you're nationwide. Without the actual alliance, you're second fiddle to Thor. Now you listen here, Ironside. With all respect to my good friend Thor Hansen, if I'm wrestling in Madison Square Garden, or a barn in Eckworth, Georgia, I will always be the one and only heavyweight champion of the world. And I will not vote in favor of Daniel Hawkins. Yes, yes, I knew it. Finally. Or 
for you guys. What? No. I ain't voting for shit. But you're all welcome to join me at the bar. Donnie grabs his bottle and walks away. <laughs> I told you guys. That's enough, Crenshaw. You were awfully quiet, Melrose. what I do? We could have used your help with Donnie. He still worships you. If that's Donnie's position, you have to respect it. Oh, what do you know? I know that wrestling is in a new age. For better or for worse, I've seen in the Empire what the future looks like. And I don't know where the Alliance fits. Now, I don't know the particulars of what's going on with all of you and Daniel Hawkins, but, but I've seen him expanding his territory and taking the steps to get up to date in 1986 through a cable program. Maybe you all should too, or get swept up and left behind. You have a lot of nerve what sitting here in your high horse casting you know, judgment. Buddy. When you Not solo retire, that would be an work for means shit. Nelly sits at a table beside his mother and other family. He's clearly in a fog and looks like he's been popping Valium and Scotch all day just to get through this. Thor appears and sits right next to him and puts his hands up in peace. Listen, Nelly, I came here to pay respects to the old man. I ain't here for trouble. No matter what's happened with the wrestling, I always cared about Charlie. I mean, when you and me last saw each other in buttered heads, I remember it was at the hospital they came to when I heard he had a heart attack. I mean, that night, I made a decision that I thought was the best for my career. Julian promised me a lot, and he's delivered on everything. Maybe I should have been more patient with you guys, but, but I did what I did, and it's my soul that pays a price. And I just want to say, sorry everything went down, and I miss Charlie, and I loved him, and I wish, I wish I had another chance to talk with him. <laughs> Eric, Eric, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm sorry we almost broke your leg. Huh? Nelly holds out his hand to shake. I appreciate you coming out. Charlie was proud of you. And so am I. <laughs> Thor hugs him and weeps. <laughs> the entire room stops and turns to see Julian Kane. At his sides are Kong the Destroyer and Vance Armstrong, trailed by Louis the Greek, Les Henderson, and Nigel Davies, smoking his trademark Winston nervously. The people in this room sooner expected Michael Jackson to show up than Julian Kane. Buddy Melrose's eyes squint as he sees the man for the first time since Julian fired him via FedEx to shut down his union. And his eyes continue on Louis, Les, and Nigel, wondering which of these men was the stooge who ratted to Julian. Diamond Donnie Gold actually puts his drink down as he sees the guy he hasn't seen since Empire Mania 84 when he bolted free from the Empire to return to the Alliance. Bert Ironside and Raylan Crenshaw hadn't seen Julian since Jonathan Kane's funeral when Julian first declared war on him. Corporal Punishment looks from across the room, feeling secure in his new AMW home, but trembles in PTSD fear, seeing Julian's face. Thor immediately slinks in his seat, trying to hide, praying Julian doesn't see him here. Shark and Buzzsaw, now seeing him in person, let's go. Approach him to get the in-person pitch to join the EWF after the answering machine invitation, only for Julian to stare right through them like he had no idea who they were. Then their eyes catch Vance Armstrong's, who darts back daggers at the two, who immediately look down at the ground in shame. 
Others deduced Vance's identity as the new can't-miss prospect Julian found that, that they heard about, who certainly looks the part. Dan Sander starts rolling up his sleeves. What the hell is he doing here? Anticipating trouble with Julian and his apparent heavy Kong, whom he only knows as Tama the Samoan Beast. Sanders remembers well the hotel fight he had with Tama's father a decade ago in Buffalo, a blood-soaked brawl that saw them battle to a standstill until the police arrived. He doesn't know Vance Armstrong, but immediately recognizes the martial arts stance and aura and can tell he's legit. Julian walks to the podium. Nelly goes up, and the big Samoan holds his hand up and shakes his head, and Nelly thinks twice. Don't you even think about it, Julie. This is... This is his funeral, you motherfucker. As Dan Sanders sees this, he starts moving closer, sizing up Tama. Nelly looks to Louie. What's he doing here? Louie looks back at Nelly with sympathy in his eyes and shrugs his shoulders. Everyone in the room clinches and looks up at Julian. Even Raylan Crenshaw, who laughs at everything, stands there frozen because everyone in this room knows about Julian's role in Charlie's death and the war they've had all year long. Julian steps up and stands behind the microphone with a large portrait of Charlie Gotch on his left and Charlie's body in the open coffin to his right. Vance and Tama stand below him on either side like his war dogs. Louie, Nigel, and Hendo face the crowd as well on either side of Tama and Vance. <laughs> Charlie Gotch. Charlie Gotch. <laughs> He looks down at Charlie, laying down in the coffin. Nelly, red-faced and trembling, mentally prepares how he's going to get past Tama, even if he has to claw his eyes out. The rest of the room cringes in anticipation, while others start taking their jackets off, readying themselves to deal with Julian, and how Julian couldn't possibly stoop any lower, literally gloating over the man's dead body. Charlie Gotch. was a warrior. Charlie Gotch was a conqueror. And there is no one I admire more in this business than him. There isn't a jaw in the room that isn't on the floor. And I can only hope to be half the man he was. see that coming now check out the insider angle to today's episode plus all the easter egg inspirations on breaking kayfabe a podcast series exclusive to patrons of king to the ring check out patreon.com slash kings otr and get exclusive content and more including extra scenes like today's episode which was shark and buzzsaw discussing their next move in wrestling after spotting thor hansen at the funeral if you didn't hear that then you do not have patreon so sign up. And big thanks to the listeners of the show on Patreon or whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Uh, and big thanks to Lanny Puffo, who lent us his voice for Vance Armstrong, and all the other guest voices, cast and crew. 